Hi again, this is Daniel J. Hogan, and welcome back to the Magic Avery podcast, brought to you by MagicAvery.com. Last time, our heroes escaped Unala and his cronies aboard Alexander the Small's ship, the Griffin. Steve and his friends met the rest of Alexander's crew, the Albatross navigator, Julius, and the Penguin first mate, Hector. After learning that the Pixie people powered the paddle wheel ship, Alexander promised to take Steve to Dragon's Well, the next stop on his search for the Sword of Zah. To stay updated, follow me on Twitter at Daniel J. Hogan or follow the podcast at MOE Podcast. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search for Magic of Airy on Facebook. And now, the next fantastic episode of The Magic of Airy. The Magic of Eric, the podcast, written and produced by Daniel J. Hogan, based on the novel The Magic of Eric by Daniel J. Hogan. To learn more about the novel, please visit magicofairy.com or danieljhogan.com. And remember, Harry is spelled E-Y-R-I. Episode 25, Pirates. Dawn broke the next morning with the sun igniting the sky and making it a dull red. Uncle Shameless was talking to Julius as the albatross steered the griffin towards a mysterious dragon's well. And then uh, the captain says, Bring me my brown pants. Ha! Uncle Shameless laughed as he slapped Julius on the back, nearly knocking the navigator over the steering wheel. That's a good one, huh? Steve exited the Griffin's sleeping quarters with a loud yawn and walked to the bow. The boy stood on top of the huge metal eagle's head that covered the bow of the ship and looked out over the open sea. Steve was getting tired of being on the water. After the ill-fated canoe trip that brought him and Uncle Shameless to Airy, Steve was not very excited about being on a ship anymore. Uncle Shameless walked up beside Steve and put an arm around his nephew as they watched the sunrise. How are you doing, kiddo? How am I doing? I haven't showered in days. I've walked an insane amount of miles, and I would give anything for a toothbrush. Or even just some toothpaste. Ah, uh, just think of this like a camping trip. At least on a camping trip, I wouldn't be part of some crazy prophecy or... Be referred to only as the boy by a bunch of crazy talking animals. Noticing Steve's bitter tone, Uncle Shameless decided to change the subject. See this red dawn out there? Yeah, so? I'm more worried about the two moons, especially that square-shaped one. Well, there's this old saying, red sky at night, um, sailor's delight. Red sky at morning, sailor take warning. So? What could happen? Who knows? It's just an old sailor superstition. But keep on your toes. Steve turned and left his uncle on the eagle's head. As the boy neared the pixie tree, he stared up at the two moons of Airy, which were beginning to disappear in the early morning sky. The eyes of Zah. Steve spun around to find Era, the pelican, behind him. Excuse me? Era pointed at what was still visible of the moons with her walking stick. The eyes of Zah. That is what the two moons are called. Why are they called that? The sun doesn't have a fancy name. Era cocked her head and smiled. Let me guess. It does. That's right. The eye of Zoo. Okay, I'll bite. Why? The legend goes that after Eri was created, 
And before Zai and Zhu had their disagreement... That whole day of the week thing? Yes. Before that, each of them wished to keep watch over their new world. Zhu, bringer of fire, spared one of his burning eyes and thus created the day. Steve laughed at this idea, knowing very well that a sun was nothing but a giant star. But Zah, bringer of water, cared more for the protection of her creation and kept watch with both of her eyes during the night when there was no light. So the two moons are supposed to be Zah watching over everyone? Yes, like a mother watching over a sleeping child. Steve joined Julius at the helm and watched the albatross steer the griffin. The boy waved to Zeroth, who was up in the lookout barrel, keeping his hawk eyes peeled for trouble. Where is Alexander? Ah, he's got a bout of the seasickness. He'll be out on deck in a bit, Julius answered in a tone that suggested this was nothing out of the ordinary. Wait, he gets seasick? All the time. But he's a duck. Mainland ducks ain't seabirds. But ducks are at least accustomed to being on water. (laughs) Ah, but swimming and being on a ship are two different things now, ain't they? That is just ridiculous. What's ridiculous? Alexander asked as he approached the helm, wiping his mouth with a small towel. (sighs) Nothing. A sea captain gets seasick. What's next? The griffin paddled along at a medium pace through the clear waters of the Rock Sea, making its way towards a mysterious dragon's well. Steve watched the mainland of Airy disappear from the horizon at the back of the ship, while Uncle Shameless stumbled around the deck singing, What do you do with the drunken sailor? Steve watched one spot on the horizon in particular. It was nothing more than a blotch in the distance, but it seemed to be actually growing instead of shrinking. The boy thought nothing of it, and turned back to see Hector walking towards him with breakfast. Here you are. Eat up. The penguin handed Steve a plate topped with cooked fish and some fruit. What's this morning's grub? No grubs today, Captain. We ran out. Fish is all we have. The penguin waved a steaming hunk of fish in front of Alexander's bill. Oh, that looks... (laughs) Duck covered his mouth and ran to the side of the ship. A long series of retching sounds followed. Hector waddled over to tend to his ailing captain. Steve looked at the seasick duck, the penguin first mate, and his uncle stumbling around singing and shook his head. (sighs) Why me? Incoming ship! Zeroth shouted from the lookout barrel on top of the pixie tree. Alexander and Hector ran to the back of the ship. Alexander held out a hand. Hector placed a long telescope in the captain's hand. Alexander held the instrument up to his eye. Hector supported the far end of the ridiculously long telescope. A wily mist made it difficult for Alexander to see anything that would identify the ship. He turned and shouted at Zeroth. Can you see anything with those hawk eyes of yours? I see a bunch of birdmen with white feathers and wings. Gulls. Anything else? One of them has a really silly hat. Vanderalt. You are listening to the Magic of Every podcast a free audiobook podcast by Daniel J. Hogan, available at magicavery.com and through the iTunes Music Store. A silly hat-wearing gull, Vanderalt, was the most hated pirate in all of the Rolk Sea. He would plunder helpless ships and then sell their cargo off cheaply at the nearest town to steal business away from local merchants. Vanderalt's wickedness did not stop there. He was prone to taking hostages 
bounty hunting, or stealing cookies from charity bake sales, and selling them elsewhere cheaper, with the money going to his favorite charity, himself. The pirate was also notorious for watering down his ship's gruel, and only allowing one bathroom break a day. You probably heard about the bounty on your heads, said Alexander. His wild little eyes were filled with rage. Can't we just outrun them? Steve asked as he watched the big, boxy ship approach. Oh sure, but where is the fun in that? Besides, me and Vanderalt have unfinished business. What happened? It happened many a year ago. The sea was angry that day, my friends. Does he always start stories like this? Steve asked Julius. The albatross nodded slowly and gave the boy a look that suggested he had heard this story ten times too many. Hector sighed. <sighs> Here we go again. My poor mother, Alexandria, the not-so-small after having hatchlings, owned a small shop on the coast of Tom. Business was great, and everyone was happy, until one day, Vanderalt. He showed up with his ship full of stolen goods and sold them cheap. He took away all of my mother's customers. She couldn't compete with his prices, and she went out of business. What did your mother sell? Beads, Alexander replied, flicking the string of beads hanging from his saucepan's handle. <sighs> well, that explains a few things said Steve, thinking of the night he had spent sleeping on a beaded bedspread in the ship's belly, as well as all of the beaded curtains that hung in the doorways throughout the griffin. The same thing happened to me! Uncle Shameless burst into tears, picked Alexander up in his arms, and hugged the little duck's head. Alexander mumbled while pressed hard against Uncle Shameless's chest. His little feathered arms flailed about wildly. Eventually, Uncle Shameless loosened his vice-like grip. Alexander the Small looked up at Uncle Shameless, his wild eyes filled with tears. So you understand. Let us join together and give Vanderholt a fight. <sighs> this is gonna be trouble. From the lookout barrel, Zeroth yelled again, Another ship! What's it look like? Zeroth studied the patchwork ship. It was full of angry humans and flew a hastily put-together flag. It's the Earth Chamber of Commerce. Julius looked at Uncle Shameless. Would you like a pair of brown pants? Vanderalt's ship, the Frugal Gullman, cut through the glass-like water of the Rock Sea towards the Griffin. Vanderalt pushed up his ridiculously large-brimmed hat, topped with an equally ridiculously large feather, to scan the horizon. Vanderalt didn't know who this the boy was, but he didn't care. Vanderalt had not stayed around long enough to hear the rest of Unala's rambling speech back in Tall. All the gull needed to hear was the size of the bounty on the boy's head. Vanderalt would have to punish his crew for taking so long to ready the ship to chase after this the boy person. The pirate considered watering down the ship's gruel some more, but he had a feeling if he did, he'd be better off saying that he was grueling up the ship's water. The gull pirate pushed the thought of punishment aside for the moment and smiled as the frugal gullman closed in on the strange-looking ship with no sails and barked at his crew to prepare for battle. The alderman of the village formerly known as Ut the Last Human Village nursed a severe burn on his arm and a bottle of wine as he watched the griffin come into view. He stood proudly on the deck of the Ut Chamber of Commerce All-Purpose Utility Ship and Choir Annex and thought that he was finally getting used to this whole being-in-charge thing. All of Ut's elected officials under him, Ditchdigger, 
Mud Inspector, and Budget Manager, respectively, had not survived the Hawk King's attack on the village, so now the Alderman was a lone authority figure. After the destruction of the village, those who had survived were desperate for someone to look up to, and the Alderman realized that he alone had been chosen by destiny to lead his people and to rebuild Uth. The Alderman's first decree had been to chase down those responsible and give them a stern talking to. He knew all about this the boy person, thanks to a well-written letter sent to him by the Hawk King. The letter, which arrived with a case of wine, explained that the boy was very dangerous and that the Hawk King had to destroy Uth in order to try and save the rest of Eri from this mentally unstable stranger from another world. The Alderman couldn't argue with that logic, or any logic for that matter. Turn us around. Julius nodded as Hector pulled a lever that reversed the direction of the giant paddle wheels, causing the ship to turn around to face their pursuers. Why not just outrun them? No, we must face them. We'll lure them in and strike. Sir, they turned to face us head on, cried the lookout on the frugal gallman. How, how? Vanderwalt laughed in his irritatingly nasally voice. If it's a fight they want, then it's a fight they will get. Sir, uh, the lookout committee wishes to make a motion to inform you that the ship we are following has turned around, cried a human crew member of the Oth Chamber of Commerce All-Purpose Utility Ship and Choir Annex. Um, does anyone second? Even though he was the only figure of government left, the alderman was on the Chamber of Commerce's ship, and unfortunately, he had to play by their rules. No one said anything or made any movement in response to the alderman's question. Huh, well, if no one will second the motion, then I can't allow us to be informed about that ship turning around. I want you to forget that they have turned around. But sir... Tut, tut, do as I say, the alderman commanded. He was finally getting the hang of ordering people around, and he was enjoying it quite a bit. We're closing in on Vanderalt's ship. Oh, let's... Surprise them, Uncle Shameless suggested between sips of elder cherry wine. How? You're not going to listen to him, are you? Why not? He can barely stand up, Steve said, pointing to his uncle, who was stumbling around the deck singing to himself. He just hasn't gotten his sea legs yet. The duck captain turned towards Uncle Shameless, who was in between verses of What Do You Do With a Drunken Sailor? and asked him what his plan was. Vanderalt's gull crew readied their weapons and started flapping their wings, preparing to fly toward the ship. Pirates' usual plan of attack was to have gulls fly to the approaching ship, board it, and engage the crew in hand-to-hand combat. While the fight ensued, Vanderalt would come up behind the ship and start attacking with everything he had. On the Uth Chamber of Commerce ship, the aldermen fell asleep during presentations by different Chamber of Commerce members on what their battle cry should be when attacking the Griffin. You can't be serious, Steve said as Uncle Shameless, Zeroth, and Alexander prepared themselves for battle. Seriousness has nothing to do with this. Zeroth removed Gladius the swordfish from the interior of his cloak. Now what's all this then? Oh, it's sunlight. Gee... I ain't seen that for a while. Zeroth groaned as he tucked the swordfish back into his cloak. Hector, you are in command until I return. Stick to the plan. Got it? Uncle Shameless took a long swig of elder cherry wine as he walked toward the rear of the ship. 
Zeroth followed. Uncle Shameless felt the extraordinary strength granted by the wine fill his muscles. He let loose a thunderous bellow. Zeroth jumped on Uncle Shameless's back, and the man began running towards the bow of the ship. Granted blinding speed by the elder cherry wine, Uncle Shameless reached out and grabbed Alexander as he dashed past. Steve watched as his uncle zoomed by in a blur of flannel, armor, and feathers as he made his way to the large metal eagle's head protruding from the bow of the ship. Just as Uncle Shameless reached the tip of the eagle's beak, he jumped with all his might, launching himself high into the air. When they reached the zenith of the jump, Zeroth released his wings out from under his cloak. They glided effortlessly through the air and down towards the frugal gullman. Vanderalt did not notice the three invaders descending onto his ship until the lookout was kicked from his spot thanks to Uncle Shameless. The entire crew looked up and readied their weapons. I'll let go me uh, take Alexander. I'll split up. So, uh, you want me to drop you? I'll be fine. Zeroth grabbed a hold of Alexander and let go of Uncle Shameless. The birdman tucked in his wings slightly to give him a fast but manageable descent. Meanwhile, Uncle Shameless dropped like a rock towards the ship's deck. As Zeroth landed, he threw Alexander at a gull head first. Alexander's iron-covered head hit the pirate in the face, knocking the gull to the ground. Uncle Shameless crashed through the frugal gullman's deck and into the belly of the ship, creating a cloud of dust and debris. As Zeroth landed, he let loose a loud hawk cry, startling some of Vanderalt's crew. Thinking that hawk and warriors, and possibly the hawk king, were attacking the ship, several gulls flew away. You cowards! Vanderalt screamed from under his silly hat. He grabbed a nearby crewman by his wings. Form two groups. One flies to their ship, and the one stays here to fight. Are no bathroom breaks for a week. And try to capture the black one alive. There's a big price on his head, too. Zero tucked his wings away and took out Gladius. What's it now, hmm? Need a loaf of bread sliced? Without a word, Zeroth removed his shield from his magical pack and held up Gladius so it could see the approaching gulls with swords at the ready. Yeah, now that's a bit more like it. Come on, then, Gladius shouted at the nearest pirate, a lanky gull with a fish hook stuck in his beak. With a sly smile, Zeroth quietly squeezed the hilt-shaped fish, releasing its deadly tongue. This concludes today's episode of The Magic of Aerie. Make sure to join us again next time. Can Zeroth handle fighting all of the gulls? Will Alexander get his revenge? What will become of Uncle Shameless? Find out in the next thrilling episode of The Magic of Aerie. The copyright date of this episode was May 15th, 2010. Help support this free podcast by donating on the website. Magic of Aerie podcast by Daniel J. Hogan and Scary Dice Productions is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivative Works 3.0 United States license. This only applies to the podcast and not the original novel. Feel free to share this podcast. The Magic of Aerie, the podcast, written and produced by Daniel J. Hogan. This podcast was produced in GarageBand and Audacity on a Mac. Some sound effects and music are provided by freesound.org. Other sound effects and music provided by GarageBand. For more information or to buy a copy of the original novel, please visit magicofairy.com or danieljhogan.com. And as always, thanks for listening.